0: Today I get to continue a series that we have called The Fight. Everybody say fight. We are talking about fighting for what matters, contesting, contending for what really matters in our life. And uh, we've, we've touched on a few different topics over this series. I want to encourage you to come back next week. We're going to talk about fighting for marriages. I know that some of you in here, you're, you're single, you're not married, maybe you don't know if you ever will be, but regardless, I encourage you to come. Single people, uh, they do say that statistically... It's like 96% of people will end up getting married in their lifetime. So even though you're single, uh, your odds are pretty good. It's going to happen eventually, okay. So, so come out because uh, the day may come. And so you'll, you'll learn something next week uh, about marriage. And then the following week we're going to talk about families, kids, and parenting. I know a lot of you are like, I don't have kids. I don't know if I ever will. But regardless, I think uh, we're going to learn and glean from it. And it's going to encourage your life. So come out the next few weeks. But today I'm talking about fighting for dreams. For your dreams and your goals. So about two months ago, our staff went on a trip together. We went on a trip uh, and we did some whitewater rafting. Anybody ever been whitewater rafting up in here? Okay, raise your hand. All right, a lot of you, wow. Uh, so, so we didn't go on like the extreme ones. We went on level three whitewater rafts, all right, or whitewater rafts, uh, rap, rapids. Thank you, I got it. Uh, so we went on level three. So a guy from our church, he's a guide. He used to uh, guide whitewater rafting all around the country. And so he took us. And so we went down this place. It's about an hour from here. And honestly, we got there, and I didn't know what to expect. All I knew was, you know, I'm athletic. I, I, I knew that I have good balance. I knew, like, what it takes to row. I've been kayaking before. And so he gave us this whole rundown at the beginning of what, it, what rafting should, looks like, what you should do. And honestly, I didn't pay attention at all. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I get this. Like, it's not a big deal. I, go, I know what's going down. So then we get in the raft. And I'm thinking, ain't no way I'm falling out of this thing like all these other people might. But I'm not. And uh, in the first minute of being in the raft, we went in this hole, he called it. And you can like surf this little hole. And so the, the raft is like stuck on this water spot. And it's dumping on top of me. A minute in, I got thrown out of the raft. And I'm like g- gasping for, for air. And I pull m- get on the edge and they pull me back in and they're like laughing at me because it's been like 60 seconds I've already been thrown into the water. Well then about an hour later we came to the most dangerous part of the entire rapid. I don't know it was called something like devil's turn or I don't know something evil and uh, we came up to this point where it's like a six foot drop off. It almost looked like a, a little mini waterfall and there's a giant rock in our guide misled us in this moment and we wedged onto the rock right before the drop off and I'm on the front right of the raft and it starts tilting to the right and I like I don't know what my reaction was but I literally was like well I guess I'm going in and actually have some pictures because this is like it's devil's Fall. So this is me. They're, look how calm and cool and collected I am, though, guys. Like this is me going into the water while everyone else smartly leans away from me. Look at Chrissy. She didn't want anything to do with it. That's her. She's like, "There's another picture. that literally looks like she's pushing me away." And here's me a ways back from the raft. Uh, so, so I quickly had to swim up to the raft because we were about to hit another huge rapid portion where there's a, a drop off. So I swim over. They pull me in. We make it down to the end, and then it flattens out, and the rest of the way you just cruise. It's chill. And my, the guide was like, Caleb, how did you fall in twice? He, he said to me, did you not wedge your foot under the, the raft ledge to keep yourself in? And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean wedge your foot in? He's like, that's what you're supposed to do. You stick your foot under, and then if, you've, if we got tossed to the right, which we did... You would still stay in. It would keep you. I'm like, oh, I didn't hear that part. (laughs) I missed that entire part. Why? Because I didn't think I needed it. I'm like, I know how to raft. I mean, you just sit in here. You paddle. I got balance. I can figure this thing out. Man, isn't it funny, though, how so often we think we got this, don't we? In our lives, we think we got this. We don't often listen to the plans that God has for us, the dreams that God has for us. We think, well, I know better. I know better than God even, I know what's best for my life, and we're missing out often on the instruction and God leading us to the best destination, which is from him. And so what I want to talk to you about today is the fact that we are fighting, I believe a lot of us, for the wrong dreams. We're fighting for the American dream, and the American dream is a lie that this culture has sold us. We're fighting for the wrong dreams instead of the God dreams that God has placed in us. And what I want to talk to you about today is how to fight for the right dreams. Because listen to me in this. God wills and man dreams. We want to live so that both stay in step together. That God's will lines up with our dreams and we walk in step with those two things. Step by step. Hand in hand together. So I want to read from Second Chronicles, if you have your Bibles, go to Second Chronicles. I'm going to read starting in chapter number 15. Second Chronicles 15. I'm going to read verse 1 through 8. So this is the portion in the Bible where Israel has now entered the Promised Land and they become like every other nation. They get their first king, Saul. He's followed by David. And then there's a succession of kings after Solomon, David's son, who are bad kings. Most of the kings that Israel has are bad. Uh, they lead them astray. They lead them to idol worship. They lead them to the things that are not of God. And so if you read First and Second Kings or First and 2 and Chronicles, you can get a, a basically a tour of all the bad kings, and there's a few good kings thrown in there. It gets so bad that Israel is actually split in two. They split in two, and we have Israel and we have Judah. They split into why? Because the people can't even get along with each other, so they establish now two kings and, and, and two nations in the land of Israel. And so here we have, we come to a story, it's a passage I've never preached, I've never heard it preached, but I read it a few months back and God told me, you're going to share this soon and today was the day. And so I want to read from 2 Chronicles chapter 15, we hear about a king who hears a word from a prophet and he responds in a right way. So let's read, chapter 15, starting in verse number one. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. Did you see that? The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a teaching priest, without the law. But when in their distress they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found by them. In those times, there was there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in, for great disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the land. They were broken in pieces, nation was crushed by nation, city by city, for God troubled them with every sort of distress. But you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. As soon as Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Odin, he took courage. He put away the detestable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin, from the cities that he had taken in the hill country of Ephraim, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the vestibule of the house of the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would let me share what it is you want me to share today with clarity. God, and may we have ears to hear and and receive what it is you want us to receive. God, may we have expectation that you're wanting to do something in us today. Lord, may we learn to fight the right dreams we pray all this in your name amen so I want to talk to you about how to fight for the right dreams number one we need to listen when God speaks listen when our God speaks how many know there's a difference between hearing and listening you can hear but listening involves action listening involves obedience listening involves a response you can hear something but listening is a whole other thing I believe that God speaks to us, and he speaks in different ways. The question isn't, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? Are we listening when God speaks? It says in verse number one, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Odin. So God speaks to this man, Azariah, and he tells him to do something. He tells him to go to Asa, to go to the king, and to tell him that he needs to make some changes. Now, this seems like... A simple task, a simple job, and of course he would respond by doing it. But we don't get the full picture here of recognizing and realizing that this was a bold move. This was a courageous move. That Azariah would go to the king and say, Listen, you need to hear what God has told me. You need to hear what God has spoken to me to give to you, and you need to listen. This was courageous. This was bold. This could have meant the end of his life, and yet he goes and he speaks. Are we listening when God speaks? Not only that, but Asa hears it, and he responds. He responds in obedience. He doesn't respond with pride or anger or or hurt. He responds with obedience. I want to real quick lay out for us how God speaks, because I think God speaks. The problem is a lot of us, we're, we're not listening. I know at times in my life, I don't listen. I might hear it, but I don't listen. So how does God speak? First, he speaks through the Holy Spirit to you. Say me. The Holy Spirit speaks through the Holy Spirit to you. Jesus said, it's better that I'm going because one is coming that's going to dwell within you and it's going to do you with power. It was better that Jesus ascended to to heaven, that he was no longer on this earth. Why? Because now the Holy Spirit dwells in each and every one of you. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit is in every single one of you. And you can hear from him. He speaks to you. And you have the opportunity to listen. And to say, you know what, Spirit, I hear you and I'm going to listen by walking out obedience. The Holy Spirit will speak to you individually. That's the amazing thing that we have in the God that we serve. We have a God that speaks. The Holy Spirit. This is how we hear. God speaks through the Holy Spirit to us. Second, God speaks through the Holy Spirit to other people to us. You ever heard, had a, a word from another person that confirms something that you were already hearing? Or a word from another person that that gave you a direction that you knew you needed to walk out. I'm thankful for that in my life. That I've had people that God has spoke to and then spoke to me. But I had to humble myself and receive it. So this is what happens here. The Spirit of God comes on Azariah who then speaks to Asa and then Asa in turn listens. He responds. So this is how God speaks. He speaks through other people. And the third way God speaks, he speaks through his word. We have his word. I challenge our church all the time to read the Word. I know not all of you are readers in here, but let me tell you something. I believe leaders are readers. I tell my kids that all the time. Leaders are readers. And and so whether it's easy for you to read the Word of God or not, whether it comes naturally for you to be a reader or not, I would challenge you that you would begin to consume this. Let me tell you, a diet of one meal a week is not going to do it. Hearing the Word of God just on Sundays, it's not going to sustain you. You need it Monday, you need it Tuesday, you need it Wednesday, you need it Thursday, you need it Friday, you need it Saturday. I can stand up here and say to you, you have no excuses today either because the Bible is so accessible for us. It's at our fingertips. In fact, for you, for me, maybe you have a hard time reading, maybe your, your life is busy. Listen, I listen to the Bible every day in my car. I, I bring up the you, you Version Bible app, which we tell you can follow along on here with notes. I press play, I plug it into my car, and I listen to the Bible every single day. Now, some of, you, uh, uh, some of you Pharisees in here are going, well, if you're not reading it, it doesn't really count. Let me tell you something. For hundreds of years, the only way we heard the Word of God was audibly. Because we didn't have printing presses, all right, for thousands of years. So if you hear it or you read it, it's the same thing. The Spirit of God is getting put in you. The Word of God is being implanted in you. Find a way to get the Word of God in your life daily. I I mean it. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to challenge you. I hope you feel uncomfortable today. I ain't been reading. You need to. Just, I ain't been listening. You need to. Get the word of God in your life. We need to listen when God speaks. Why do we need the word of God? Why do we need the Holy Spirit in us? Why do we need to listen? Why? Because God wants to lead our steps. If we're not listening, how can we walk out the right plans? The right dreams, the right goals for our life. We fight for the right dreams by listening when God speaks. Second, we fight for the right dreams by seeking God more than what we want. I I thought you guys would like that a little more. But some of you like what you want a lot. We like what we want often more than we want God. And I want to challenge you because a lot of people, we're about self-love today in this culture, aren't we? You just got to love yourself better. You just got to love yourself more. Like self-care, self-love, all these kinds of things, which I don't think are bad things. But let me tell you, in in my estimation, and my belief, the problem isn't that we don't love ourselves enough. The problem is we don't love God enough. Because when we learn to love God, when we learn to seek God, when we seek God more than the things that we want, then he puts that self-love in us. He puts that identity in us. Our identity isn't rooted in what we can accomplish or what we can do. It's rooted in Him and who He is and who we are as His his children. We got to seek God more than we seek what we want for our lives. Verse 2 says, The Lord is with you while you are with Him. If you forsake Him, He will forsake you. Listen to me right now God's not going anywhere. God's not going anywhere as long as we stay in step with him and I, I have people come to me because I'm a pastor and people come to me all the time and they say Caleb I'm not close to God like I used to be I don't hear God's voice like I used to man back when I was in high school when I went to youth camp I was super close to God when I first met Jesus when I first got saved when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ I heard his voice regularly. I had this passion, I had this fire, I had this hunger for him, and I don't have that anymore. I've lost it. God's left me. And I hear people say, I guess God's just trying to teach me something. He's telling me i got to walk through the desert where I don't hear his voice as much. Where I don't feel as close to him anymore. Where I don't sense him in my life anymore. And people say this to me. They say, I guess God is making me go through this. And I'm here to tell you that's not the kind of God that we serve. We don't serve a God that abandons us. We don't serve a God that walks away with us. So here's what I say to people. I say, no, the problem isn't God. The problem is you. And I know this isn't easy to hear, but it's something we all need to hear. The problem isn't that God isn't speaking or God isn't close to you. The problem is that you filled your life with all these other things. The problem is that God is no longer a priority in your life. Other things have become a priority in your life. I can stand up here right now and tell you, I feel more passionate about God. I hear God's voice more. I feel closer to God right now than ever in my life. I went to Bible college. I went to seminary. I was in youth camp. I, I, Going all the way back. You want to know why I feel closer to God now? Why I'm more passionate about God now than ever before? Because He has become a priority more than ever before in my life. I love my wife. But let me tell you what I talk to my wife about more than I talk to her about anything We talk about God. We talk about the things of God. My kids know that we have conversations surrounding God. This morning my son said, Dad, we're running late. I said, I know. He said, are we going to miss team rally? I said, I think we're doing something right. Then my son was bummed he thought we were going to miss the team rally on a Sunday morning. I want my life, my heart, my actions to say that I seek you, God, more than I seek anything else. I seek a relationship with you more than I seek anything else. So when people come to me and say, God's not speaking anymore, I guess he's making me walk through a desert. I guess he's pushing me away. He's wanting me to learn what it's like to not hear his voice. I say, no, that's not the God that we serve. The problem is you filled your life with other things, with other priorities, with other stuff. Now I get it, life is busy, life is crazy. But we can still make God the priority of our life. We can still make God number one in our life. We can still find time to be in his word. Some of you are going, man, I I don't hear God's voice anymore. Shocking, you haven't been to church in six months. I don't hear God's voice anymore. When was the last time you read his word? I do not hear God's voice anymore. When was the last time you prayed for more than two minutes before your food? If we want to be close to God, we have to seek him more than what we want. Seek the God that we serve more than... Then what we want in this life, if we're going to walk out the right dreams, they're going to come from the God that we're close to. A God who is near and and dear to us. Third way to fight for for the right dreams is to make sure God is in it. Say, in it. Verse 3, now for a long season, Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. For a long time, Israel walked without God. They went about their days, they went about life without God, the true God. Even if your dreams are successful, listen to me in this. Even if your dreams are successful, they will be empty if God isn't in them. You'll get to the end of it and be like, I did it. I made it. I accomplished it. My plans came to pass. My dreams came to fruition. Why do I feel the same? Why do I still feel no peace? Why do I still feel no joy? Why do I still feel empty? You want to know why? Because unless God is in it, it won't matter. You could fulfill every dream you ever had, every plan you ever had, every goal you ever had. But if God isn't in it, it will leave you feeling the same way when you walked into it. God has to be in it. Ephesians 3:20 says now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think or imagine according to the power at work within us. Listen, you got some dreams, you got some plans, but I'm here to tell you you serve a God that has even greater plans. He has even greater dreams. He has even greater goals for your life. You got to walk in what he wants, not just what you want. He's a God of more. A God of abundance. A God of more than enough. Have you ever tried to do things without God? You ever tried to make your plans without God? You ever try to pursue dreams without God? You ever try to, try to lay out some things without God? Let me tell you, I've tried. And it left me feeling the same way every single time. When I was in college, I saw, started dating this girl. And uh, I, I had no peace in it. I, I knew God wasn't in it. I know I was pursuing it for the wrong reasons, and let me tell you, it was just filled with unhealth, hopelessness, destruction, anxiety, fear, all these kinds of things. But when I, because her name wasn't Chrissy Cole, you know what I'm saying? Let me tell you, too, God speaks through people. My mother met my wife the same day I met my wife. And the day I met my wife, I shook her hand. Uh, she, she came over to our house because she went to the same college as my brother, was friends with my brother. And, and so I met her, and my mother met her, and she left our house, and my mother came to me immediately following and said, that's the girl you're supposed to marry. And I said, Mom, you're crazy. I don't even know this girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, she, she's from Illinois. Ain't no, nothing good come out of Illinois ever. <laughs> How wrong I was. Let me tell you, God God speaks. He speaks through people. But when God is in it, there's a peace. Let me tell you, if there's no peace, I'm peacing out on anything. If there's no peace, I'm peacing out. And for so so many people, they go, how do you know it's God? How do you know God's in it? How do you know God's touched it? How do you know God's blessed it? You want me to tell you how? I know. I know because I have peace. I walk into the situation and there's Peace. I'm in this situation and there's peace. If there's chaos, it's not God. Because God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. He's a God of peace. And so if you're in a relationship and it's chaos, I'm telling you right now, it's not God. If you're in a situation and it's chaos, God needs to do something in your heart and change something. With God, there is peace. If we're going to fight for the right dreams, we got to make sure God is in it. Too many of us in this place have been pursuing things that aren't God that God isn't on, that God isn't in. Fourth, how to fight for the right dreams. We got to know that if God's in it, we can trust the fruit is coming. You see, this was supposed to encourage someone today because I think some of you, you've been toiling through the same dreams. You've been in the middle of a plan. You've been in the middle of a dream. You've been in the middle of a pursuit. You've been in the middle of something. And you felt like God was on it. And you've actually had peace in it, yet there's still no fruit. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations. I've walked in God things, and yet there is still no fruit. I've walked through and said, God, I'm being faithful. I'm being obedient. I thought you were in this. I feel peace. I know you've called me here, and yet there's no fruit. But let me tell you, fruit is coming. Fruit is coming. Somebody needed to hear this today because you feel like you're in a desert and God wanted to tell you, fruit is coming. I'm going to say it again. Fruit is coming. You can trust fruit is coming in this situation. Fruit is coming in your struggle. Fruit is coming in whatever plan you've made out. Fruit is coming in your dream. Fruit is coming. I want you to hear this today. Look at what the passage says, verse number 7, chapter 15. This is going to encourage somebody. Man, you can come back up. Come on. It says, but you, everybody say you, take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Let me tell you something. If you're walking faithful to the God that you serve, if you're pursuing plans and dreams and ideas that you know are from God, that God has placed his hand upon it, that there's peace surrounding it, then I'm here to tell you today that fruit is coming. You can trust That God's fruit is coming in it. And God's fruit will be upon it. It may not happen now. It may not have happened over the last few weeks, the last few months, the last few years. But you can trust in a God of fruit. We serve a God of fruit. Fruit is coming. Listen to me, church. Fruit is coming. Some of you need to say it right now. Say it's coming. Say it again. Say it's coming. Say it again. Say it's coming. Fruit is coming. You feel like you've been in a desert. You feel like you've been in a struggle. Fruit is coming. God's got you. Let me tell you, as a church, I haven't talked about this in a while. We've been trying to find a building for like a year and a half. I think we put offers in on like nine different buildings, and every building came back with the same answer: no, another closed door. We put an offer into lease a building. They come back and say we got a better offer. We put an offer into leaseability, they say your offer is too low, we don't even want to negotiate with you. We put an offer into leaseability, they say we don't want a church in here. Closed door, closed door, closed door. But let me tell you something, it's been a year and a half. And yet I have more peace right now than ever before. You want to know why? Because I serve a God that's got it. I serve a God that says, Caleb, you are being faithful, that's all I ask you to do. I'll take care of the rest. Just trust that fruit is coming. And so I'm sitting here standing before you, church, to say, I'm trusting. Fruit is coming. And on this last week, on Thursday, I walked through a building. And and I walked through the building. And I don't know, you guys, but let me tell you something. I'm meeting with the owners this week. And we're going to try to nail down a deal. So I need you all to be praying. I need you all to pray. But let me tell you something. This building, we've looked at so many buildings. Nine. 10, 12, I don't know how many buildings, dozens. We put offers in on many. And this, this building we just walked through, one of the owners is a Christian. He knows a pastor that I'm good friends with. And I walked through the building, it is the best building we have seen yet. And all I keep saying is God, if you had us wait till now, it's cause the fruit was gonna be even greater than we thought. The fruit was gonna be even better than we could ask, think, or imagine. God was saying look sometimes you got to be patient for the breakthrough but the breakthrough is going to be more than you ever thought it could be if I had settled six months ago a year ago we wouldn't be walking into what I believe was the greatest fruit that God had so I want to tell you right now trust the fruit is coming you may not see it right now you may not see it tomorrow you may not see it next week if God's in it if you're fighting for the right dreams fruit is coming finally today. We're going to fight for the right dreams. We got to change what we need to change. Change what you need to change. Chapter 15, verse 8. I'm going to close with this. It says, As soon as Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Odin, he took courage put away the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin, from the cities that he had taken in the hill countries of Ephraim, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the vestibule of the house of God. You see, there are some things we got to change if we're going to fight for the right dreams. Here's what I've seen. Oh, I got some men up here with me. Here's what I've seen. A lot of us we just want God to bless the plans we have. And so we pop into church and we go, God, can you, can you bless her real quick? Oh, thank you. Oh, I felt that. Thank you, Jesus. And then we go about our day. And then we're going through life and we get, the, we get some other plans. I got another plan. Oh, oh, God, real quick, hit me, hit me, God. Oh, thank you, God, yes. Okay, I'm gonna go do my thing now. And we just keep, we pop in with God when it comes to our plans. We pop in with God when it comes to our dreams. We pop in to God and we say, God, I got this idea. Can you just touch it? Just real quick. Just bless it. Oh, oh, that felt good. And then we go about our day. We go about our life. We try to do it our way. And then every once in a while, things start going a little wrong or haywire. It seems off. Oh, God, hit me again, God. I need it. I need it. Just there it is. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. I'm getting I'm getting it just a little bit. Thank you, God. Thanks for touching that little idea I had. Thanks for touching that dream I had. Thanks for touching that plan I had. Let me tell you something. As a follower of Christ, we have to live different. We don't just ask God to bless our dreams. We say, God, I wanna walk out your dreams. We don't just ask God to give us a little blessing on our plans. We say, God, I wanna walk out your plans. We don't just ask God to touch what it is that we think we should do. We say, God, I want to do what you want me to do. We change what we need to change. We walk in step with God. We don't just go, oh, real quick, God, hit me. Okay, I'm good. I'm gonna go do my thing. No, I want to be a church and I want to be a person that says, I'm all in for you, Jesus. I'm all in for you, God. I don't just need a splash. I don't just need a little bit. I don't just need a touch. I need it all. I need all of you, God. I need all of your plans. I need all of your purposes. I need all of your dreams. Are we going to be a church that says, more of you, less of me? All what you want, not what I want. What do you think, church? Are you ready? You don't think I'm going to do it, do you? You don't think I'm ready to go all in. You don't think I'm ready to say, I want all of your plans not mine i want all of your purposes not mine i want what you want god not what i want it's time as a church that we said that's us we will fight for the right dreams and they'll be god dreams we'll fight for the right plans they'll be god plans we'll fight for the right purpose it'll be god's purpose i'm not a little in i'm all in we got any all in people here in the church today are you all in for what god wants let's go all in